We'll just do a little test record here. So I'm going to say something and now you're going to say something. Now I'll say something over here and maybe I'll shift over to Big Dog seats and I yeah, say yeah, something yeah. over here. How does this sound? I'm Big Dog. Hello. <laughs> and is that... I have to say the impersonation is very accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me. Spot on. Look at me. I'm big, big dog. dog. Yeah. I mean, sorry, Eric. I forgot who you were for a second. <laughs> now, welcome everyone to episode 61 of the Barry Bullock Hour. It is the, uh, I guess it's the Christmas party episode. Yeah. I personally haven't prepared any Christmas themed content. It nope. is December. Uh, it is December, which, um, as we were discussing prior to our recording, is now the official month of Christmas, and we are now allowed to talk about it. According mm. to the Roman calendar that we all the, use. The Roman calendar. <laughs> um, and we are at Brayside Brewing here in Mordialic in the south of the river, south of the Yarra. We are... We are in the big dog territory. Oh, yeah. if, if, if we were in a political sort of sphere, this would definitely be your seat. Um, but I'm it's... not so sure about that. I'm still quite a ways from Mordialli. That's I'm, true. I'm about 30 k's from here. Oh, wow. Well, you've traveled 30Ks. I don't know how far oh, Eric and I have traveled. We, <laughs> we haven't traveled maybe that distance, but it certainly was a, a, a little bit difficult to get out of here on Efforts, account of some yeah. um, bus replacements. Holy But Lord. Eric and I chose alternate routes and uh, had a little bit of a race to a get race. here. Yeah. Um, it's Friday night. We're at Brayside Brewing. We're, uh, we're drinking some beers. It's a bloody great time. It so uh, Merry, Second stop of the night. Merry bloody Christmas to you Merry both. Merry Christmas. Uh, Christmas. I'm here with... Uh, Senor Minnesota Thunder the Cox and of course the big dog Nick Barry making his triumphant return after uh, something of a bit of a podcast hiatus something it's like 10 a, episodes let's, let's, let's be honest <laughs> we were actually just working out on the calendar it's been so long that I'd actually forgotten yes. when Who exactly oh, I had last done the last a podcast time. Yeah, yeah. and it, we think it was September last year yeah, yeah. so that's For, more than a year ago the, uh, the 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 illustrious 50th birthday, uh, 50th episode birthday anniversary show, whatever you want to call it, on Zoom. Oh, In yes. person, the last time we saw you for a podcast, um, yes, was July last year, episode 48 of the Barry Bullock Hour. Um, but this is episode 61. It is December 2022. It's been a pretty crazy year. It's been a year where we've yeah. kind of... We've got back into it a little bit in terms of uh, getting into the old, swing of it again. Yeah, we're swinging. We probably shouldn't, should, probably shouldn't call it post-pandemic life because the pandemic is still everybody going. Everybody still has um, COVID. Yeah, everybody still has COVID, and uh, we probably all got COVID right now just by being in an enclosed room yeah, together. But um, we are living with it, and we are living, and we are drinking beers, living, and we're having laughing, a good time. Well, there are people out and about, aren't there? There are people who are getting oh, in there. Absolutely. Christmas party Christmas season spirit. is upon us. Well that's, well, that's the thing. We are actually at another place called Urban Ground, which is just around the corner from us. That was the intended destination, but when we got there, I mean, it was heaving with people. Thick. It was um, too loud to record a podcast. I have a feeling there actually might have been two Christmas parties right. going on at that urban ground. I, I, I had a feeling the guys next to us were saying like yes. there's a couple of Christmas parties going. On. I would say the um, the intensity and energy with which some of the younger people in the group were drinking would suggest to me that they weren't paying. Yes, yeah. I think that's definitely. <laughs> there were there were shots yeah. um, being poured, and um, there was there was the sort of um, freedom that comes with not paying. Mm. That people were really just we're downing these drinks and we're going to have a good time. Yeah, yeah no, there was uh, it was definitely busy. But what was fortuitous about tonight was that uh, yes, this place, Urban Ground, that we were at, was about a ten-minute walk from the Mordialic train station, yes, of which we true. all came from. We all came from different directions. We had a bit of a race to get here. We did. That's we're another story there. for another time, perhaps. But well, I mentioned it earlier. But yes, yeah. that's true. <laughs> but on the way, bus replacements. That is it. Bus replacements. It's it's been a week of lock of trains going on up here. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. So the walk from Mordialic Station to Urban Ground just so happened to be that for some reason I went a different path to you guys. And I came across this place called Brayside Brewing, which was just around the corner from Urban Ground. And I didn't know this place was here, but this place seemed a bit quieter. Yes. And so when you guys rocked up, 
it's, it seemed like the logical option to if we're going to do a podcast, let's move around the corner. It is indeed a logical option. And uh, really like the fit out, really like the beer. I'm having the Piha IPA. It's a high, hazy IPA either from New Zealand or using New Zealand hops. I'm not sure exactly yeah, yeah, what yeah. the story is. There's a New Zealand connection somewhere. Yeah, probably the hops. It's a very tasty, very nice hazy IPA. We were, you boys are on the lagers, we I think. Were, we were saying, Eric and I, well, Eric was saying it looked like oatmeal. Oh, I said, well, yeah, well, it looks like everybody orange, hold up your beers right now. I can see you. I can see you. Yeah, mine, Kieran. You can't, mine is not uh, translucent enough to see either of you. Yeah. But that, that thickness is. and that haze yeah. is flavor, and I am loving it. Mm. I'm feeling very patriotic. Well, Kia kaha to all my uh, fellow Artel Rowans <laughs> in, the, uh, in the listenership. Well, and, you're uh, also probably feeling the 6% that that alcohol is as well. <laughs> Not gonna lie, big dog. I'm feeling good. Yes. I'm feeling good. It's Friday night. I've been travelling. I'll soon be travelling again. I'm jet lagged. I'm booze. I'm having a great time. There you go. Um, uh, yes, that's true. Because Kieran has actually just come back from an overseas adventure. Yeah. I to have. Nepal to see our old friend Manesh. Yes. Who got married. He did get married. And that is a fantastic, fantastic thing. Well done, Manesh. It's a great, it's a great, great little. Um, Great little segue there, big dog, because I it, it feels um, appropriate on this the Barry Bullock hour that I, I, I have a, I have a bit of a confession to make, yeah, and I have a confession to make uh, to you, Nick Barry, the okay. patron saint of the Barry Bullock hour. Um, I'd just like to get this on record right now. Let's just get it out of the way, nice and early, right? Is that I, Karen Bullock. On the uh, 9th of December, 2022. Right. I double dipped. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you got married. He's got a for Nepali girls. Yeah. Yeah. One of the traditions in a Nepali wedding is they say, does anyone else want to jump up? <laughs> They're paying me for the full hour. So no, you double dip. I'm afraid to say, Big Dog, uh, that I double dip. Now, for, the, for those uh, newer listeners that don't understand the double dipping, it is it is the story unto, unto which the, the foundation that this podcast is built on. Was, I believe you could go back to episode one. You could go back to episode one. And get the full story of the double dip. A, a good friend of ours of the podcast, Mr. Uh, Mikey T. Michael Thorpe, um, had a big night on the tiles, and he went to not one but two fast food restaurants on the way home. Yeah. And you deem you deem that so unacceptable at a pub a few nights later yep, that I, I you went off your nut about yeah just don't do it. And I said we have to make we have to record this insanity. Yeah. And uh, that was the genesis for this podcast. And I am I am afraid to say that recently. Um, in transit, I did double dip so wow. you double- at the Kuala Lumpur Airport McDonald's. Oh wow! I um so so coming back. So I did go to Nepal the last couple of weeks, and at Kathmandu, uh, my flight from Kathmandu to Kuala Lumpur was delayed um, by a period of three hours, which meant that I was not going to make my on-going leg from Kuala Lumpur to Melbourne. Right. And so the question was, what was going to happen when I got to KL? Were they going to put me up in a hotel or was I just going to sleep on a bench in the terminal? Wasn't sure what was going to happen. Then on the flight, I was sitting in the back row and they ran out of one of the options for the food. All they had left was fish, which I don't eat. So I got my meal. So Manish cooked me a lovely breakfast of uh, sausage and eggs. Lovely. And a cup of tea at his house. I was at the airport 11 o'clock Nepalese time. My flight was at one o'clock Nepalese time, delayed till four o'clock Nepalese time. Oh, wow. Then of course I got on the plane. No uh, chicken tikka masala option. Too popular. Old row twenty nine. We got stiffed. We got fish only. I don't uh. eat fish. So I nibble on the dry pasta. I had a bread roll. I had some cake. I had a glass of coke. So by the time I get to Kuala Lumpur, I'm starved. I bet you were. Because <laughs> Kat- uh, Kathmandu Airport. Pretty lean on the old food options. Oh wow! I, not a uh, not not the most modern of airports, with all due respect. So I get to KL. They give me a hotel voucher to spend the night. Fantastic. They also give me a food voucher. 
the only food outlet open at that hour of the night, which is midnight Malaysian time, is Mackie D's. Wow. The Golden Arches, which I have to clear customs to go to. My hotel was past customs. They said yes. So I act randomly went to Malaysia. What a life. And my first stop was Macca's. Did you get the same item or you actually changed it up? So they gave me a voucher. So I go to the guy, I say, what's the, what can I get with this voucher? There's no value on it. He goes, oh, it's 20 ringgit, which is about eight bucks. 20 ringgit got me a small but tasty chicken burger, some fries and a small Coke, which I ate. And immediately I was like, I'm going back in, fellas. I'm going back in. Round two, ring the bell. So you had to go again. So you, I had to go again. I was so hungry. So you literally had three serves of McDonald's that day. Is that the No, story? two serves of McDonald's. Oh, right. So you, didn't, got, get, you didn't get Maccas at, Kuala, at, at Kathmandu? No, Kathmandu Airport is um, didn't even have quaint Maccas. but rudimentary. Right. And by the time I worked out that there was one place that was doing like microwave dumplings, okay. my flight was ready to board. So I was like, you know what, I'll just wait for the on-flight meal. The on-flight meal was fish. fish. Really the one uh, food that I don't eat. Now, oh, this is interesting. What do you have against fish? I don't like it and I can't digest it. Right, I see. I just don't like it. If I eat it, like, okay, if I was like Tom Hanksing it on an island and I had to spare <laughs> fish to survive, I would eat it. You could do that. But I do not like the taste of fish. I do not eat fish. I do not choose fish. Right. Does that extend to tuna? Yes, tuna is a fish. Yes, I know it is. In America, Eric will back me up here, they call it tuna fish. In case you confuse it with the other type of tuna. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. but you know. And yet they call kiwi fruit kiwis. Even though there is an alternate option. Does this extend to salmon, which I found is the best gateway fish? Salmon. The last piece of fish I ate was a piece of salmon. Uh oh. And I hope she doesn't listen to this podcast. The last time I ate a piece of fish was at Callum's mum's house. Oh my. Tasmanian salmon, perhaps? No, this was when Callum's mum lived in Brunswick. Okay. Uh, Callum and I uh, went to watch the Super Bowl, a great American tradition. Hang on, this this might have been even when Callum was eating fish. I don't think he was. Absolutely it was. Um, And we went to watch the great 2008 Super Bowl which is the first of the New England Patriots losing to the, the New York Giants. Is this with Peyton Manning? That's a famous one. No, it's Eli, Eli Manning. Eli Manning. This, yeah. is the, this is round one. This is the helmet catch. This is the game-winning drive. This is the undefeated season going down the gurgler. So we watched one of the greatest Super Bowls in recent memory, possibly of all time. And we've had a few beers by this point because, as you know, it is tradition that the Super Bowl is watched in the morning down under because that's when it's on. And um, so Caleb and I hung around for a few hours and I end up there at dinner time. And Cal said, you stick around for dinner? Cal's mum says, you stick around for dinner? I was like, yeah, I'll stick around for dinner. Dinner's served. There was no prior mention of what the dinner would be. Uh-oh. Didn't really bother me. A lovely piece of salmon place down maybe some veggies maybe some mashed potato I can't remember but I looked at this and I realized that I did not know what was being served I did not previously have an objection to any food I just said yes I will eat dinner in this fine establishment with these lovely people and so I, I get a plate of beautifully seared salmon. Yeah, and so then you now you're in a, now you're in a tough spot too because you yeah. can't back out. You can't it, back out. It's, it's on the plate. It's been cooked. It's you. on the plate. It's in front of you. It's on the table. It's eating time. So bite by bite, <laughs> forced it down. <laughs> Washed it down with some beer, a lot of water. Complimented the cook. Absolutely. And that is to this day the last time I ate a piece of fish. Wow. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, all, all the fish in the world probably thank you because there isn't, there's probably too much demand for fish compared to what's in the ocean these days, but that's another story. So anyone who doesn't eat a piece of fish. Yeah, between the no fish and the no children, I feel like I my carbon footprint's quite low. Yeah. And um, hence why I can uh, go flying on lots of planes. Exactly. <laughs> Just make up the deficit. Yeah, I guess well, the, the, the pool was an excellent time. Um, the wedding was a crazy good time. 
Um, and Nepal's a beautiful country. It's also a very crazy, very loud country. Um, but yeah, well, well uh, worth a visit. If you want to uh, see some beautiful scenery, some lovely mountains, but also some chaotic cityscapes. Wow. So congratulations to Manesh. Yes, congratulations to Manesh and Reshma, the wife. I've got a lovely photo of the three of us, a little selfie on the podium. Um, Yeah, there's a a story which I might tell you off air, but probably not suitable for public consumption. (laughs) Um, It was a very good time, and congratulations to them. Yeah. And uh, yes, a Nepalese wedding, a wild experience. I'm sure it was. Reshma would have been looking lovely in her Nepalese style. Yes, dress. I'll show you. I'll show you the picture. The three of us. Yeah. Um, it was taken. So the, the Nepalese wedding is divided over two nights. So you have the ceremony on one day, which is where the bride and the groom's family come together in one large event. The ceremony is not so much of a thing that you watch as much as it is a thing that happens while everyone else drinks beer and eats food. And then the next, and then, wow. and then each family has their own separate um, reception on a different day. Interesting. Okay. Um, so the photo I've got is from the uh, reception the day after where I'm wearing my normal gear. But on the actual wedding day, I wore the traditional, traditional male uh, wedding dress. Amazing. Um, I'll show you a photo of that later, also off air. That's awesome. Um, but yes, it was a very good time. So the, so the bride and groom get to stay together on the first night, or do you have to go? They have to go their separate ways. No, yes, she she, she comes back to the house, and it's there's a procession. So they're in a car, right? And then um, there is like a, literally a procession takes her to the house. Right. Wow. So they're singing and dancing and banging the drums, and you hold up all the traffic because. You know, it's an ancient city that was designed before cars. Um, so you basically, we blocked up a whole city block with our procession for about an hour. Wow. To go two or three hundred meters. And they're sitting in the back of like a, you know, ten-year-old Suzuki Swift. <laughs> um, that has, that's been decorated with flowers and all that sort of nonsense. Oh, I'll, show yeah. you, I'll show you those photos. That's cool, Once man. we finish recording, I'll show you all the photos. That's um, very, very Yes, cool. no, that's very much part of the tradition is she goes back... So, so the males typically live, stay living with the family, and then the bride goes and stays with them as well. So it's very much the ancient tradition of, you know, you're sort of handing one person, the, the, the yep. bride gets handed from one family to the other. Um, and yeah, it was a very good time. And, and so, I, so what happens in the morning? Everyone just gets up, gets ready, gets ready for the second day of celebration and ceremony? How does it work? Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. The, the Manish's friends, the boys, were very much like this is two days of drinking wow. and they, they supplement the drinking by eating and dancing a lot right which if you think about it, makes sense yeah well you need your nourishment you need your nourishment but then you need to burn the calories to burn off all the food oh wow so you really do get a lot of food you really get food like yeah yeah they have snacks and then they have a meal and it's just it's a lot of food wow. and if you're not eating someone will bring you a plate of food and go you need to eat and I'm like I, I actually don't but then you need to eat because of how much you're drinking. You go, well, I'm actually not drinking that much. Well, yeah, we, we've noticed you're not drinking that much. You need to drink more. It's like, okay, so the plan is you drink a lot, you supplement that by eating a lot, and you supplement that by drink dancing a lot. So and you, that was the general flow of play so, for two days. So what? So what were you? What? What, what is the the drink of choice at a wedding? Nepalese ice. Nepalese ice. To beer. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like it's up my alley. And it's like a lagery type sort of a beer. Well, funny you should mention it there. there. There may be some Christmas presents later on. Oh, oh baby. Wow. Not necessarily Nepalese ice, but oh, okay. um, I did bring home a can of Nepalese ice, but that'll be for my father. Um, Nepalese ice is one of the beers of choice. Okay. Um, Nepalese ice strong. It's 7% and oh, is very wow. smooth. Wow. <laughs> A very dangerous I'm, beer. I'm, I'm assuming that wasn't served at a wedding. Absolutely it was. Oh, by, oh, by the long neck. <laughs> wow. 7% long neck. How is everybody still awake and like, wow. during that? Because I, I was smart because I'm 37 years old. I made sure I supplemented my beer intake with water and the occasional Coca-Cola. <laughs> but some of the boys were just banging it back. Jesus. That's part of the culture is there's a lot of drinking of these things. Yeah. And what are the ladies drink? I don't know. Wine? 
a wine-ish type sort of a drink it looked like perhaps. <laughs> not, not the beer necessarily. Well, again, this is a story that I might tell off air, but okay. there, there was a tradition at the at the ceremony. Oh, am I going to? Uh, actually, we're on air. I might as well just tell it. <laughs> I got warned by the boys that there is an Indian wedding tradition that's been recently absolved into Nepalese wedding culture, which is that the 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 younger ladies on the bride's side, friends of the bride will try and steal the groom's ceremonial shoes. Because Manesh, oh. Manesh has to take his shoes off to perform a lot of the ceremonial rituals right. that are part of the wedding ceremony. And the idea is that if the girls get the shoes, they then hide the shoes. Because Manesh can't leave the wedding without his shoes on. If the girls get the shoes, they then auction them off to the groom's friends and family. Uh -oh. So the boys said to me, you've got to get these fucking shoes. And they said they won't suspect you because you're foreign. I was like, <laughs> he's like, the second they take off, Manesh takes off the shoes, you need to get the shoes, you need to hide the shoes. Because if the bride's friends and families get the shoes, then we're fucked. We've got to pay money. We, as <laughs> friends of Manesh, will have to pay money. So I was wired. I bought a bag and everything. I was like, I'm getting these fucking shoes. Then on the day, the boys are like, straight to the table at the back of the room, straight on the beers. And I said, boys, don't we have to be worrying about the shoes here? And the guys were like, don't worry about the shoes. You're not going to get the shoes. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> and I'm like, this is a very, this is a different intensity to yesterday when you told me I had to get the shoes. And that as the foreigner, I was responsible for the shoes. So basically what happened was I spent the first hour and a half watching the shoes. Manish didn't take the shoes off. So I'm like, okay, maybe the shoes thing's a bit of a dud. And then, about an hour and a half in, he takes off the shoes to do one of the rituals where the bride and groom walk around in circles with a priest and feel a very solemn moment, a very solemn moment of, of coming together. The shoes are right there. I'm like, can I take these shoes? Oh, during the middle of this special ceremony. Yeah, so like I'm hesitating. Oh, oh, yeah. Then a middle-aged lady from the, the bride side swoops in and grabs the shoes. Oh, Kira. So then I'm watching the shoes. The shoes then get passed around like an Ocean's Eleven movie. They're under a scarf at one point. They're in a back room. They come out in a bag. So cut to an hour later. And we know that the shoes are being held by a group of three young ladies. And they are clutching this bag like there's no tomorrow. So anyway, I'm starting to get the feeling that maybe this is like a young people's flirtation sort of thing. And I'm like, I'm not the right guy to, to tee this up. I'm 37, I'm not from this place. Let's send some of the dudes in their 20s to, to start the negotiation for the price that you're going to pay as the groom's friends to get the shoes back mm. so we're at, we're at this table upstairs where there's not a lot of people the girl with the bag puts the bag on the seat behind her and she's up on the table banging the table yelling at these guys meanwhile there's another dude that i know sitting right next to her oh he's trying to swing so I, just, I just lean around the back and go mate just unzip the bag and take the shoes and he's like what i'm like just unzip <laughs> the bag take the shoes and he's like very furtively unzips the bag has a look he's like they're in there I'm like yeah damn right they're in there get them out so he takes the shoes slides them under his seat I rip around the back grab the bag put the shoes in the bag and then I'm gone oh baby so this this traditional wedding game that started as a bit of a nothing for the first hour and a half suddenly explodes into life because about 20 minutes later after the guys have negotiated a price for two shoes the girls realize they don't even have the shoes <laughs> and the girls flip their fucking lids they start running around like like, like a TSA American TSA agent they start patting everyone down I'm walking around with the two shoes in a bag under my armpit under my blazer at some point, I end up in a spot where I've got one of the girls and she's patting me down and she realizes that I've got the shoes. So she reaches in and she pulls out the bag and then I get mobbed by about like 15 people. 
It's like a hot potato. Wow. Suddenly we've got to have the shoes. And, and somehow we ended up with one shoe. The groom's side ended up with one shoe. The bride's side ended up with one shoe. And then towards the end, once all the ceremony was over, it was all about the shoes. And so I've got a photo. I'll show you that later on as well. There's like 30 people standing in a circle, like bride's side and groom's side, negotiating a price for one shoe. Wow. Which ended up being 13,000 rupees. Well, I'm assuming that's half price. Because it's about... Well, yeah, because they wanted 50,000 rupees for both shoes. Oh, my God. We ended up paying 13,000 for one shoe, um, which is about 150 bucks. Oh, wow. Which is sort of, it's just one of these weird traditions. Uh, Manish told me the shoes cost about 200 rupees to make, um, which is about $4 so, to actually make the shoe. That's inflation for you. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Obama. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, so that was one of the games, and that was a, that was a big moment, very exciting moment. Really, wow. the really the pinnacle of the ceremony day um, the reception day was just more drinking mm. I love it so how were you feeling on the second day were you sort of worse for wear I thought like, oh, the re- I thought in traditional western wedding style the ceremony is where you cut loose the ceremony is where you have a few brews you chat to some ladies you yeah, drunkenly, you drunkenly meet the friend, the family of mm. the bride. That you, you know, you make a bit of a dick of yourself. That's when it all goes down. So the, um, I got very fixated with the shoe game, you know, <laughs> and I was also sensible. I'm an older man now, as we all are. I know that you've got to go beer water, beer water, beer water, and yes. I supplemented that beer water with a lot of delicious Food. Indian style cuisine. So the next day I was fine. And also, no offence to Nepalese Ice Strong, it's not that good. It's nice, wow. and it's smooth. It's still 6%. Yeah, well, 7% but it's it. not, you know, it's not the sort of craft flavours that I necessarily right. delight in. Mm-hmm. But I was also very wary that it was 7%. So I, come, come the uh, reception day, I was fine. And I kept an even keel the whole time. And, and were you at altitude here, or was this at Kathmandu? Where, where was Kathmandu this? Kathmandu is, is not at altitude. No. no. So it's, you didn't have to worry so much about that. No. Yeah. I also had a 6 a.m. bus the next day. So there was, there was right. to go to Pokhara, which is a lovely part of Nepal um, in the northwest. Hmm. There you yeah. go. So that's a summary of my Nepalese adventures. Well, that sounds fantastic. If you go to a Nepalese wedding, make sure you get the fucking shoes. That's all I'm saying. Lock it in. Before we get on the next topic, I have to try this hoopy sour. Do you guys want beers? I'll have another one of these. That was uh, one of the hazy. The the Pihar. The Pihar IPA. What would you like? The Pihar IPA here at Brayside Brewing. I might have one of the lagers that you have. Oh, the Okies, yeah. yeah. One of them. I don't know if we um, necessarily want to show the viewers how the sausage is made, but um, Eric's just going to the bar now. We're not going to stop recording because the battery life on the uh, the old recorder here is a bit low. Um, so fair warning, we may have to uh, continue this podcast on the old mobile phone recorder. So my apologies right now, listeners, if uh, in the next few minutes you notice a decline in the sound quality of this podcast. Um, but more fool me for not getting a uh, fresh pack of AAA batteries look, for the uh, the portable yeah. Zoom H1N recorder. You look, you never know when your batteries are going to die. No. That's uh, one of those things. I love... <laughs> I guess. That feels like a Chinese proverb. Yeah. You never know when your batteries are going to die. Yeah. Confucius said. Confucius said. <laughs> We're back. Um, we're now on phone quality because <laughs> my batteries, batteries ran out. Uh, but we got a fresh round of beers. I've gone straight back to the uh, delicious PR IPA. Big Dog, what are you uh, drinking over I'm there? I'm drinking the lager that Eric drank last time. I delicious don't know what lager. it's called. Oaked. Oaked. The oaked uh, lager here at Brayside oh, Brewing. I um, have to say, Eric, you've got by far the most visually interesting beer. That's got a, uh, a lovely sort of salmon-y peach hue Almost looks like you're drinking a large tomato juice. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. or like a guava juice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mix them up. What are, you, uh, what are you drinking there, Eric? Well, so this caught my eye up on the big board, the Swoopy Sour. And I thought, boy, what could that be uh, in our recent podcast by the G? We're very... Very swooping. Very swooping was a very strong yeah, theme. Swoopy. 
Dandy in episode 59. Well nice. worth checking out if you haven't listened to it. A dandy. I saw the tap up there and it was a salted blood plum sour. A and I thought, salted oh. blood plum sour. I love a sour. I gotta try this. And I gotta say, I don't know. It's kind of let me down. I love the place. <laughs> I love the vibes. I love the oak lager. I'm really okay. positive on the place. But this is just like flat, not very sour, and not very fruity, and not very salty. It like, looks it's like delivery. Uh, it literally looks like it needs a piece of celery and some Tabasco sauce. It, <laughs> it does look like a With Bloody With my glasses Mary. off, yeah. Somebody could tell me this is a Bloody Mary, and I'd probably believe it. So yeah. you want more. You want more sour. I want more of anything. You want more of everything. Anything and everything. Oh, yeah, that's it, a disappointing outcome. Because I, I, I remember when we got the initial beers, you looked at that tap and went, I'm excited about the prospect yeah. of that tap. Hey, just on that beer. Yes. Tabasco sauce, right? Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> what else is Tabasco sauce used for except for a Bloody Mary? Is it used for any other cooking or drinking? <laughs> I, think thing? Pe- I think people use Tabasco sauce almost like they would use salt and pepper like if they just want to add a little splash of heat to their food you know you're not sprinkling chili pepper so it's an alternative to a chili well it's chili sauce isn't it it's a very is, it? is that what it is i don't know tabasco is basically a pure vinegary chili you know it's a couple of drops give you some spice so if you're eating a taco for example and you just want a little bit of a kick a couple of couple drops of tabasco yeah. just adds a little chili burn without right. adding chilies or you know like a lot like a heavy chili sauce because i've got to be honest with you the only place i've ever seen tabasco sauce is behind a bar yeah interesting i've never seen it i've never looked for it in a supermarket i've never seen it in anyone's house i feel like it's a kitchen staple almost in america like it's just kind of one of the hot sauces that you'd have really uh yeah like well yeah you think of salsa and you get your heavy peppery things uh, like capsicum i mean but, you know, if you're just looking for a light, yeah, you're exactly right, vinegary hot sauce. So an American barbecue, you might pull yeah. out the Tabasco sauce and put on a yeah, bit of food? Yeah, I'd say so, yeah. And some people are really into it. Like, right now at home, I have a a Frank's Red Hot in my fridge. Great, great, delicious. Yeah. But a very specific flavor. Yeah, very, it's different than Tabasco. Very buffalo wingy. It's a small, shaky bottle where you're putting... Yep. Half a dozen drops onto a piece of food, and that's your seasoning. That's your. That's your. I spice. would say your Tabasco is a terrific bang for buck chili sauce. It's yeah. a couple of drops will give you a chili hit. Whereas a Frank's Red Hot, that's like you're making a you're making a wing sauce. You're putting tablespoons of that on chicken wings. Mm. Whereas your Tabasco is just like you know what this needs a little dash of heat couple of drops of Tabasco. That's why it's got such a tight hole. There you go. Nozzle, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> it's because it's a very peppery, very fiery, you know, and you only want a couple of drops. Because I'm pretty sure it's basically just chilies and vinegar. It's pretty, pretty spicy. Pretty, pretty, pretty spicy. I've got to say, this place has uh, got remarkably less busy since uh, we had a quick little interval then as we changed over batteries. Yes, well, um, Google Maps, the trusted source of uh, map knowledge, um, says this place closes at 10. Now it is past 10. <laughs> Maybe that means the bar closes at 10. We're not really sure. We've all got fresh beers. And I feel like we'll stay here until we get kicked out. They're playing some great tunes. We've got some yeah. great beers. And we're talking about chili sauces. Yes. Do you know what I love? What's that? Um, is the Chipotle Tabasco. Oh, I've had a Chipotle sauce, but not Chipotle Tabasco. The Chipotle Tabasco is very good. It's actually, um, not to name drop, but if you go to the uh, trendy fast food Mexican restaurant, Guzman and Gomez, it's actually on a pump. You can actually get the chili, uh, the Chipotle Tabasco on a pump. And you can just pump a little bit of that onto your burrito or onto your enchilada or your tacos and um, I was like this is very tasty very smoky not as spicy as the regular Tabasco Um, but I actually have a bottle of that in my fridge now the old Chipotle Tabasco a lovely addition to a Mexican taco there you go there you go where do you guys stand on are you guys uh, uh, heat queens? Are you looking for the biggest heat out there? I want this hottest sauce. Look, I want to try it. Look, I, I 
must admit, I'm, not, I'm a bit of a wuss when it comes to heat. <laughs> I you find it's good for my fine. sinuses. It's yeah. really good. But yeah. I do find it a struggle to eat the old yeah. super spice. I mean, I don't mind it every now and again, but generally it just doesn't agree with me. Mm. It clears my sinuses like amazing. And I feel like oh, I won't have a blocked nose again, ever. <laughs> but then I also find that, uh, let's just say afterwards, Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't sit so well with me. Yeah. Oh, the pause after you said the not pause. To get, not to get into digestive issues on the no, podcast. No, no, no. The pause like, and the look was enough. Yeah. Not that, the, not that the listeners can see the look you gave me, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. I would say I enjoy a moderate chilli burn. I think a little moderate chilli burn adds a little something, Just a little gets the heart rate up, a little sweat on the brow, but I'm certainly not a chilli junkie. No. I'm not one of those persons that says, hey, let's shove ghost pepper paste in my face. Yeah. yeah. I had something, I had, so I had, when I was in Nepal, we mentioned Nepal earlier, I had uh, one dish called laughing, L-A-P-H-I-N-G, which is a cold rolled noodle. Um, and they serve that in a cold, spicy broth. And that was very spicy. Was and it? it was the sort of spice that built up the more you ate it. But it was a cold... And by the so end, by the end, I was like, I am borderline uncomfortable. Hang on, so it was a spicy dish, but it was served cold. Yes, it was. Cold. And no, I think when go. it's served cold... That's hard, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's... Yeah, when it... I think the coldness belies the spiciness. Yeah, it lures you into a cell. Because you think hot, you think heat. So if it's cold, it can't be hot, but it can be, and it was. And then the drink that I had was Tibetan tea, which is a salty, savoury tea. Mm. And I was like, this is not what I need. Mm. I need cold milk. (laughs) So you got lured into a false sense of security with the cold. So I had, there was two types of laughing. There was the rolled noodles and the cold chilli broth. And then there was the slightly less traditional um, stuffed laughing, which was stuffed with spicy, dry instant noodle cakes. And I'm not sure which one had the heat, but I was like, oh, this is delicious and I'm enjoying this. And then after a couple of minutes, I'm like, holy shit, I am on fire. And then, of course, the drink that I had was a hot, milky, savory, buttery drink. And I was like, well, this is ju- this is worse. This is not helping your situation. I need cold, milky drinks, low acid, and very delicious it was. But you know, I'm not a, I'm not what I would describe as a chili thrill seeker. Yeah. I like a little burn to get the heart rate up and a little bit of a sweat on. But I believe that there is a, a line of enjoyment that is fairly easily crossed. What about in America, where you're from in Minnesota, oh, Eric? People, is, lose, people lose their now minds. Now, it's a cold part choice. of America. Oh, it's got yeah, all the seasons. Oh, yeah, you want the sweat. No. So you want the, you want the heat up there in the cold? There are definitely it? chili chasers out there, I feel like. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not one of them. I like a little bit of heat, just like you. And I want to taste the food. I want to enjoy the meal. But I have a little bit of sweat on my brow. Do you describe yourself as a chili follower rather chili than a chili chaser? Yeah, yeah. Chili, exactly. Exactly, yeah. I feel like I'm a chili follower. I'll follow the chili. Eric, uh, Big Dog, are you a chili follower? No, I'm not. You're not? No, no, okay. I don't really, I don't really seek and look out the chili, I must admit. You're a chili careful watcher. I'm kind of like, okay, I'm a, I'm a chili kind of like, if I'm going to have one, I'm like a chili kind of like survivalist. It's all about surviving <laughs> the chili. Yeah. Maybe you're with, you're with chilies like I'm with dogs. Like, if there's a dog near me, I will pat it. But I'm not going to go after the dog. No. Right. No, no. Yeah, yeah. I think, here's a theory I have about chilies. Here we go. Oh, yeah. on me. Chilies? This is what I want anytime <laughs> I have you on a podcast. Chilies seem to be the haven of traditionally warm, hot areas. Yes. And that's kind of an oxymoron. <laughs> I'm thinking like in the, in America, probably Chile Central would be in the south. The, Mexico, the warmest yeah. part of the country. I'd imagine so. Yeah. India, definitely very warm in parts. Yes. We were discussing Nepal has a you know a varying degree of different climates, climates and regions, yep. but yep. do you know what I mean? Like I'm thinking Chile's are, are the home of 
like heat and heat hot areas. I think that's probably due to where you can grow chilies. Chilies are traditionally well, a warmer climate crop. Well, there you go. Um, I hadn't actually done that much research into it, though. That would make well, sense. Well, I grow chilies, so I know that they are favourable in warmer climates, of which Melbourne sometimes qualifies. Does not that mean today. That does that mean Not today chili? in December, and it's fucking 15 degrees and I'm wearing a jacket, yeah. but sure. Does that mean it's summertime, chi- Melbourne. Get your shit together. <laughs> do, do your chilies actually grow, then, in this yes. cold or... Yes, there you go. I have many pickled and brined chilies. So then there you go. So chilies are a bit more hearty than you might first think. They are, but they thrive in tropical conditions. Right. Yeah. Mm. As as many crops in our world, presumably they were exported to other places and taken on absorbed as their own. But chilies definitely I think are a traditionally hot weather crop. Right. Yeah. And what's your what's your opinion, guys? On serving chili, if you're if you're cooking and entertaining for guests, yes. do you warn people that the dish has some chili, I or do you just go ahead and cook it and prepare it with the chili? I think. Come on, mate. I think you have to. Um, I think if you're in an entertaining scenario, you have to either omit the chili or let them know there's going to be chili in it. Yeah. You can't just be like, hey, here's a lovely plate of carbonara gnocchi. And then once they've had three spoonfuls, go, oh, by the way, yeah. I put 15 ghost peppers in there because fuck the Italians. It. You're so, done for it. So does that mean that you have to prepare a, a chili and a non-chili option? I think if you're entertaining, you would it's instinctively polite. stay away from dishes that inherently have chili. Unless you're like, hey, come over for a curry night. I'm going to fucking blow your face off with a vindaloo. Yeah, or you're having someone that you know is from New Orleans or something. If you have, uh, if you have the, the in-laws over and they're expecting, you know, roast pork, a bit of crackling, maybe some potatoes, some, some, some green got a, beans. Someone's you, got a heart condition. And you put out a goat vindaloo. <laughs> yeah. You know, then maybe you're not doing your due diligence as a host. But I think unless you know what people are into... You stay away from the chili. Yeah. Yeah. The final thing we'll say about entertaining with chili. This is the final thing? <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Make sure there's plenty of toilet paper on hand. <laughs> hey, 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 Sorry, someone had to go there. <laughs> no, no. In <laughs> Nepal, they have a, 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 a hose. <laughs> Do they? Yeah. I read in the guidebook. The most rudimentary form of the bidet. I, I read in the guidebook, and I have to say, it was the one thing I read in the guidebook that absolutely terrified me, is that they say you don't flush toilet paper, you put it in a bin. Yeah, well, I mean, and, and the guidebook failed to omit a very important piece of information, which is you use a hose, as you say, a rudimentary bidet. I have to say a bidet on a stick, not bad, or on a string. And then you basically towel yourself off with the toilet paper, and that goes in the bin. But the way the Lonely Planet Guide phrased the uh, toilet paper etiquette, I was expecting a bin full of nasty surprises. And that was not the case. It's a bidet on a string, and it's quite nice. I I didn't mind it. I have to say I didn't mind it. And I know in the Kensington Palace, in your yep. neighborhood, the, yep. the laundry tub is no more than a meter away from the toilet. Are you going to be running <laughs> yeah, your own hose? Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't hate it. I'd try it. Next podcast. Look, Let's rig it up. I, 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 won't, I won't lie. I also frequented the Japanese version of the bidet. Yep. I you think know. the Japanese version of the bidet is just the bidet. Yeah. I think they invented the bidet. No, I think bidet is actually a French thing. Is it? I believe so. Hence the I, name I, I, bidet. I, 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 that I, the I, Japanese I, just went fuck yeah. They well, the Japanese, the they're, they're, they're yeah. very innovative people and they're very they clean people. Yeah, yeah. They take right. hygiene very seriously. Yeah, yeah. Right. Best people to host the first COVID Olympics, I would say. Yeah, yeah, I'd yeah, say yeah, so. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? But anyway, um, yeah. And I must admit, I didn't mind it with the old squirt of water up the old area. I'm with you. I I may be converted. My issue with the bidet, a sentence I did not think I would say tonight, my issue with the bidet is that you, I mean, you'd have to get used to positioning yourself atop the nozzle. Whereas with the hose, it's a bit awkward to sort of 
You've kind of got a man spread and then... Well, it's, it's just gonna it's gonna water everything. It's not an elegant thing to to have watched yeah, if anyone like was watching. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna but you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna yeah. you, you have full control over the direction and intensity of the spray. Right. Whereas a bidet, I think you have to get used to knowing exactly where to sit. That's my, that's my only issue with the bidet. But yeah. Eric, Eric, it should be noted. Um, <laughs> and there's absolutely no way that you want to get by without this line of questioning but Eric your oh, partner is Japanese. Japanese has there been talk of the Installing potential a... installation of a, a more Japanese friendly toilet no, in your household no and I, I've always been on board with it I'm, I'm, I'm oh. open to the idea but she's never brought it up I feel like she's pretty Echo a, 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 a former uh, a former Barry Bullock our co-host star. yeah yeah uh, 59 uh, there's been no talk of because uh, I know that you can import them Exactly. I imagine you'd need a plumber to properly install it. I don't think it would be a big, like an overly in demand plumber's request no. to go and install a bidet in Australia. I'm sure you're, well, just, you're just snapping pipes together, but you know. They're out there though, I'll say that. Um, yeah? No, so I will say that she's got, a, a, I think, a hierarchy of Japanese appliances that she wants. Yes. And far and away is a rice cooker. She ah. wants a Japanese rice cooker. I think once that we get that so. in the house, then she might shift her focus to a bidet. I'm surprised that she doesn't already have a rice cooker. Well, we've got a rice cooker from Kmart. Oh, you're, you're a, a beautiful... That's the, that's the second great face of this podcast, <laughs> yeah. was when you said rice cooker with, uh, with a face of just genuine suspicion. Of, like, it's not really... Yeah, I wish, the, I, wish the, I wish the listeners could have seen the face when Eric said rice cooker the second time. Uh, it, it was the face that sort of said that Eric would accept that it's a rice cooker, but I mean, Eric's girlfriend does not Eric, accept it. Eric, Eric, Eric put rice cooker in inverted commas using only his face, <laughs> which is very impressive. I feel like if he took, like, an American coffee mate, coffee maker to Italy or something, yeah. he said, oh, yeah, I got my... I got my espresso machine right here they'd say i know uh but yeah we i i think i think just after the rice cooker will come the bidet but we talked about it in australia i went to my buddy's house who lives in up in preston actually and he's yeah. renting this beautiful old house and next to the toilet is its own standalone little bidet which oh. it's a share house with like three or four people living there and they all refuse to use it and what they actually do it's like a it's like a, a three quarter size toilet bowl with a little faucet. Okay, that's a bidet. As soon as I came in there, I said that's a bidet. And it's a standalone. It's standalone. You have a toilet and about. Uh, so you have a know. toilet bowl like in a, a separate toilet. room, a normal toilet in a separate room, and an adjoining. No, no hang on. So they're both in the next, same in the same room. Next oh, they're in the same room. room. They're they're next to each other. Right. What they do in the bowl of the bidet, they just have a selection of magazines. <laughs> it's like <where> I'm sitting <laughs> in. <laughs> Sitting in the bidet, which is dry, there's no there's no water sitting in it. But is it plumbed in? Yeah, it's plumbed is in. It, is it a functional well, the bidet? Can get wet. Well, yeah, I, I said, is that a bidet in there? And he said, oh yeah, it's a bidet. We don't use it, but if you wanted to, you could. And I said, well, I can't use it because you got it your magazines and take your potpourri in there. Yeah, yeah. Take your Marie Claire's and your um, yeah. you know, your well, Vogue's out, well, and look, you can spray your ass. If you don't have toilet paper on hand. After using a bidet, you could use the magazine. You could use you the are, well, that's because that is very important. It's something I didn't always. This is this is a disgusting conversation. Anyway, okay, it goes very good. the hard way. Yeah, it's much better to use a bidet in a court in like in conjunction with some toilet paper. Because yeah, if that's, you just that's, that's, use a bidet and then then you're done, it's a little uncomfortable. You're a tad. Damn. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's not, it's not the nicest feeling as you stroll it. out of the toilet. But I will counter. And I made that mistake a couple of times. Did you? Yeah. Where? In Japan. Oh, I Japan. Just, okay. just kind of like, you know, I didn't really know where the toilet paper mm. was. I knew that the day was a bang. Cleaned myself up, <laughs> pulled the pants up, and gone, yeah. I could have used some toilet paper. <laughs> Just will, to finish the job. I'll, Just to polish yeah, off. You I know will what I mean? will postulate this though. If there's no toilet paper at all, I'd much rather that there was a bidet. Rather than just nothing. Well that goes without saying. That goes without saying. Yeah. Well I, I mean, said it anyway. <laughs> I mean I, I some things anyway. le- some things are better left unsaid. Well <laughs> no, but 
No, I, look, I mean, that definitely goes without saying, you know, any, any, any means of cleaning yourself in yes. certain situations is better than nothing. I was only in Nepal for two weeks, but I have to say, I enjoyed the, uh, I described it as a tiny shower head. Mm. Nice. Mm. On, a, on, a, on a hose. Nice. I didn't mind it. George. Yeah. <laughs> Interestingly enough, I went to um I was in Bolivia. Oh yeah, at one point on a trip. And the only place in La Paz Yes. It's called the Barry Bullockow. The Barry Bullockow. You can find oh, it. Oh this on... is absolutely no, going. This is great this promotion. Is gonna, this is great promotion. Yeah. This is gonna make it. No. <laughs> You're in the clutch. You're called, in the clutch. It's, called the, really? it's called the Barry Bullock Hour. Yeah, what are you talking about? We're well, talking about yeah. the issues. We're moment. talking about bidets at the moment. Yeah, that's so. what we're talking bidets, about. Bidets, aren't they fucking awesome? Yeah, there oh, we go. go. <laughs> I travel in China and that's all they've got. I love them. Yeah, there we go. We've got I was just in Nepal. It's like a, it's a bidet on a stick. It's great. Like on a string. Yeah. Yep, it's big amazing. fan. <laughs> yeah, no, that's yeah, what we're talking about. And I was, I, was just, I was just commenting that, like, it's funny that we live in a country where, we, like, you know, just... we take flushing a toilet for granted. Yeah. So much time. Yeah. So much time. There you go. There you go. See ya. Mm. Don't forget to tune in. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. awesome. I love it. But some, um, some local, local, double, local local listenership there. Local local fans here yeah. at Brace O'Brien. But look, everybody universally appreciates the bidet. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Before we spin out in another hour of bidet chat, I will say that we've rapidly become the only people I was going to say, we're, we're now officially here. the last people here. The music is oh, off, wow. they're cleaning the, music's the bar, off. and yeah, these guys have spent so much talking about uh, on bidets. We got, got fixated on bidet chat. Um, Which is fantastic. It was, it was great chat. Hashtag mm. bidet chat. Um, we'll probably wrap it up there. Eric's just smashed the last of his plum sour, and mm-hmm. we'll smash the last of our drinks. Um, Look, it's, it's, been, been, it's been great. Absolutely to, exciting. Great to catch up with it. You two fine gentlemen. Get the yeah. cleanest audio Lovely. of the entire night. To everybody listening in, have a very happy, safe, wonderful no, end no, of I didn't, even, I didn't even deal out the presents. No, we'll we'll do, yeah. like to do that afterwards. Enjoy <laughs> enjoy Christmas, enjoy the new year, and may it be happy 2023. We'll see you all then. But may 2023 be an even better year than 2022. Yep. Great Absolutely. options. We will see you soon. We'll see you in January for episode 62. Wow. 62. Wow. See you later.